welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler. Yep, I let him come back. Court Winsett with us today. I'm with us today. Court Winsett. I'm glad you kind of helped fumble over my fumbling of words with your <laughs> entrance. Double fumble. Double fumble. And there's the opening bell. Okay, we we actually talked about how we've sprinkled this stuff throughout all the episodes, really, at some all point. All of the episodes, Katie. <laughs> there, it's uh, somewhere in there. How many times? I mean, if we could go back and count the number of times that Katie has said the words side hustle, then... <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, it's a big deal. People have hobbies and they make a little side hustle. And, you know, I talked about in college, my side hustle was making cupcakes and cakes. Mm -hmm. And um, we all have sometimes, at some point, I feel like we all have a little side hustle. Mm. I I don't have a side hustle. (laughs) Well, I mean. Graphic design. Yep. See, there you go. No, no, no side hustle. I mean, I guess Pickler Events is kind of my little side hustle. See, the problem with the the phrase side hustle is that. (laughs) I ain't got no hustle. So how am I how am I gonna have some side hustle when I don't even have hustle? <laughs> oh Lordy Lou. So what we want to talk about on this episode is your hobbies and when to decide to make your side hustle, your hobby, a business. Because that's something that a lot of people are are faced with that question. You know, they're they're great at doing something and someone goes, Oh my gosh, you're so good at that. You should sell your stuff or you should make this a business. Things you should think about when starting a business. <laughs> yeah. Do do you Katie, are you gonna finish this podcast off by, by the end of the episode, are they gonna know yes or no, should I start a business? Hopefully. I hope that we're leaving you with the questions you need to ask and the steps on should you do this or not. And then if you decide yes you want to do this all the different steps you need to go through to make sure it's going to be beneficial to you. Okay. I mean, there's so many viable businesses that were born from a hobby. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of you probably know a lot of the, oh, it started in a garage or it was started in somebody's yeah. basement. I mean, we all hear those stories, but it's true. It's important to learn how to make money in your spare time doing what you love and exploring all the options. But, and yes, with life, there's always a but, you need to make sure that you're making the right decision financially, emotionally. And so hopefully by the end of this episode, you really understand, yes, should I do this or no, shouldn't I do this? And what are the steps? But as always, we got to start out with the list, the list, the <laughs> list. And these are some of the businesses that started out as kind of hobbies. You you take the first one, Katie. <laughs> you don't want the first one? Nah. Okay, number one on the list is Spanx. Mm. Sarah Blakely started cutting pantyhose in her kitchen and making for her friends. If you don't know what Spanx are, those are the wonderful secret that a lot of women to this day wear to help them, you know, smooth any imperfections underneath their tight-fitting clothes. I don't know anybody that wears Spanx. (laughs) It's just such a funny name for such a big company. Do you think any of her friends were like, hey, maybe not Spanx? (laughs) Well, but the thing is, if it started out and they're like, oh, yeah, let's, you know, could have been one night ever to her a couple glasses of wine. They're like, let's call it Spanx. And then when it turned into a million quadruple, whatever it is now, company, you stuck with it. Yeah. Obviously, it is a, I think that is a household name item for sure. Never heard of it. <laughs> okay. And then there's man Spanx. Manx? Manx? Haven't I have heard never one. heard of the male ones. I don't think I just made that up. I think that's real. Yeah, I did. I'm not saying you're Cameron, lying. Cameron, what's in your drawers? Manx. <laughs> okay, you get the next one. Okay, number two is Connects. This is a toy company that, you know, the, the toy construction sets. So the guy that, that invented this, he came up with it uh, when he was at a wedding. 
Uh, basically, he was bored at a wedding and he started making stuff out of the things that he found on his uh, at the reception table that he was sitting at, like napkins and stuff. And he was like, hey, this would be a great idea for a toy. I hope the person whose wedding he was at that he got this idea, like get some kind of kickback or uh, something. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, number three, Yankee Candles. So Michael Kittredge made gifts for his mother. He started out with by melting crayons to make a candle, and then boom, that's another one that I—I I mean, at least years ago, I would always hear like, "Oh, we go to the Yankee Candle store. Oh, that, is that a Yankee Candle?" Mm. I know there's a lot of competitors now with candles. Oh God, candles are everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're but I an mean, obsession. But yeah, you know, I—I I still to this day remember back when I was a kid and I melted one of the. Granted, it was one of the jumbo crayons, mm-hmm. the jumbo Crayolas. Uh, I needed some red wax to make, I think, my volcano in, in like third grade <laughs> or something. And I was just shocked and amazed at exactly how much wax I got just from melting that one crayon. There's a lot of wax in a, in a Crayola. Anyway, <laughs> um, number four is uh, it's Amazon. Uh, and it was started mainly to, to sell books from... Jeff Bezos yeah. started it. And he started it to, to sell books from his garage, basically. Yeah. And I and hesitated it, to put that one on the list because it's like, oh, Amazon. But we kind of... No, I mean, he, he, he basically built it from, from nothing more than just like book selling. That, yeah. I mean, and that's he, what it was, was just books. And now I mean, look at it. People, people begrudge him his fortune. And, 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 you know, I certainly wish he would throw a couple mil my way. It wouldn't <laughs> even make a dent in his bank account. I mean, they went from books to now they've got all these different things. They've got groceries, which uh, the other day I was talking to David and he said that... They're actually going to start expanding their clothing line and have brick and mortar stores. Oh yeah, yep. So I mean, it's it's crazy all that came from. I'm, just, one I'm not books. sure how that works with his model. What why they feel like they need a brick and mortar store, but I guess he doesn't see his sign saying Amazon in enough places. He wants it on more buildings. Probably because the number of returns on clothes, because clothes are something you need to touch and feel. Mm. And yeah, try I, re- on. I really geeked out when Amazon bought Whole Foods because now they've got a few stores. Where you walk in, you shop, and you leave. You don't have to check out. You don't have to scan anything. Somehow, it just knows. It just knows? Maybe through your phone, but there is no scan- like physical scanning or showing your phone. I think it... I don't know how it works. We're one step closer to that walking is... in a store and saying, Hello, Cameron. Did you enjoy your minx? <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Harley Davidson. I was shocked by this one because it's just a name I knew, but... Three friends working in a shed in the early 1900s. They sold a bike to a friend in 1903. And it wasn't until 1907 they actually saw there's a demand for these motorcycles. Mm. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Just a bunch of greaseheads hanging out, making a bike. (laughs) Well, did you know that uh, Mrs. Fields uh, was actually a person? And she started her company um, making making cookies for people. Just, you know, in her her kitchen probably. (laughs) All starts in the kitchen. Okay, this one's a cool one. Firehouse subs. Um, yeah. It was two brothers that were firefighters. Loved making sandwiches for the fire station and then just retired from being a fireman and started this business. Probably all their buddies were like, dude, you've got to start marketing yeah. this. You could sell these for money. That makes yeah. sense because proceeds, like when you buy a sandwich, it goes towards fire stations and mm. firefighters. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Okay, number eight, Pillow Pet. 
Um, okay, the mother of two kids wanted to sleep, uh, two, two kids who wanted to sleep with stuffed animals, but they were too bulky. So she came up with this solution, the, the, basically the pet, that the, 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 the like snuggly bear that, yeah. that f- unfolds into a pillow. <laughs> Started off with as little as $1,000. I lo- Listen, I think pillow pets, my, my daughters used to have a dozen pillow pets, and I still have one of my daughter's pillow pets on my bed that, that is just the perfect pillow for yeah. like when I need to prop my head up so well and it's expanded even to more than just pillows of pets it's like going back to our last episode talking about football uh we have a rowdy the mascot for the cowboys mm-hmm. a rowdy pillow pet type thing where its yeah. body is flat and it's a pillow yeah I have a mine is actually oh god lots of hug and bear from toy story Three. Oh, yeah. cool two so, minutes two minutes tr- are you trying to take mine no, no <laughs> I never try and take two minutes in a truck so, I mean, this is kind of, this wasn't in there, but I feel like it was, it was brothers in the early 1980s helping friends and family move for spare cash during college breaks. I really wanted to put in here making beer money because that's what I feel like it was, is they were home from college and they just wanted to make a little extra beer money. Does anybody in the room know where that company started? I'm, I'm legitimately interested and I'm asking the question because I, for some reason, I think, it, I, I, I thought it was a, a local-ish company that it started somewhere around here. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, I'll research it. I'll let you know when I find it. Okay. Uh, Moving on. Number 10 was Pokemon? (laughs) Pokemon. Okay. Um, Satoshi was big into bug collecting as a hobby with his later passion of video games. So he invented Pokemon. Pokemon. Okay. Yeah, I thought about Cam in the Collectibles episode where he's still crying about the Pokemon book, the binder. Yeah, I know. So throw Sorry. this, throw you got to throw this next one to Cameron. He will, he'll know what you what you're throwing okay. to him without even telling him. Yeah, number eleven, Cam. Yeah, Apple. I think a lot of people know Apple started in a garage. Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak. Mm. Wozniak was the tech guru who knew the computers. Steve Jobs didn't know anything about that, but he was a marketing genius, and together they just Boom. took it to the top. Boom. Awesome, exploded. Okay, Mattel. First American toy manufacturer, um, they actually, this couple was building picture frames, wooden picture frames in the garage, and they used the scraps to make dollhouses. Interesting. And the wife actually worked for Paramount Pictures for a while. Hmm. I just thought it was a fun fact. As like a set builder or what? Do you know I, what she did? I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know but, why. I mean, I obviously Mattel is grown so much because there's so many toys that are underneath that now. <laughs> okay. So Under Armour. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Plank used his personal savings and five different credit cards. Not something we generally recommend. <laughs> five different credit cards maxed out uh, so uh, he could start this company. His big break was um, Georgia Tech. He he made a sale to Georgia Tech for $17,000. Yeah, he went into major credit card debt with that. Yeah. So that, that was not best practice. Well, I mean, I think it worked out okay for him. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, Walmart. Mm-hmm. A name we all know, but Sam Walton opened his first store using a $25,000 loan from his father-in-law. Yeah, and now his kids are all extraordinarily <laughs> wealthy. Cam, you can take the next one, too. Facebook. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Harvard. Harvard graduate. At Harvard, he started um, the, not the first social media platform, but the first big one. Mm-hmm. Started as almost like a rate rate these collegiate well, was, women yeah it was yeah. it was not not a good thing he did um but watch the social network yeah watch social <laughs> network i love that movie but yeah it, it blew up from like uh rank these girls in hotness and now it's what did y'all Facebook is. Did, did they still have those when y'all were, were were in college because when i was in college they had a student phone directory that every student got and it was called facebook 
Mm-mm. And that's where he got the name. I Facebook. didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Like when 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 people my age, when you hear the the word Facebook, it was it was your student phone directory. Huh. Whoa. Yeah. Fun fact. And there was a picture of each student in there. And so the entire idea behind Facebook originally was, yeah, it was basically like a digital version of your student phone directory, but you could like, you know, Add link with your friends yeah. and yeah. rape people and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, back to two men in a truck. Uh, it's headquartered in Lansing, Michigan. Oh, wow. As far away from being local <laughs> as possible. Not Memphis. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so next is Microsoft. Um, this would have been uh, Bill Gates and another Steve. Wasn't it another Steve? No. He had a partner I only know as well. Apple. Okay. He had a partner as well. I don't remember what his partner's name is. Wozniak? <laughs> no, no. That's Apple. Apple. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's another guy who sold out early and went on to, to found some other businesses and so forth. Kind of like what Wozniak did. Okay. Um, but... Um, they started up Microsoft, and I think they very, very similar to, to Apple. It was started in Pretty one of their successful. garages. So. Okay, the last one on our list is Disney. And, you know, Walt Disney started up with a cartoon stand in his uncle's garage in Hollywood. And look at where it's gone. I mean, everywhere. And now Disney owns everything. everything. You wish upon a star. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes our list. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, maybe you got a hobby. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're thinking about getting one. But I think, you know, it's healthy for everyone to have some kind of hobby. But does every hobby need to turn into a business? You love what you're doing. You love the passion that comes from it. But will you still love it when it's your main source of income? Mm. I mean, ugh. I it's mean, a hard question. I'm just going to tell you, my after hours hobby is watching television. So as soon as I come up with a way that I can make money watching television, yeah, I'll love it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not enough to just have passion behind something. You've got to make sure that it's going to turn into a successful business. And it takes time and dedicated planning and a good bit of risk. Yeah. I mean, it's it's scary to think about jumping from you just love painting in your room or, you know, doing graphic designs or watching TV. <laughs> I mean, whatever it may be. Well, I mean, you know, if you're especially if, you know, one of the things that that you've got to start one of the questions that you've got to start with. And I know it's on your list and I don't remember exactly where, but one of the questions you've got to start with is. Is this going to be something that you're going to quit your current livelihood for? Are you going to are you going to go all in to try and start your own business, or are you going to try and do it on the side? Because obviously, it's a huge risk if you're just saying, "I don't need this salary anymore. I don't need this regular income. I'm yeah. going to just trust in myself and start my own thing." Well, and it's one of those that you've got to think about you. You've got to think about your spouse. You've got to think about your family. You've got to think about the big picture. It's not just one of those great whims of like, oh, I love making cornhole boards. I'm going, yep, I brought them back, Court. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I mentioned them. Um, you've got to really ask yourself, should you start a business? Mm-hmm. It's great to have a hobby, but when you switch to a business, will you still enjoy it? Will you enjoy having that pressure of it's no longer a passion and you can do it when you have time, but there's pressure behind it of you've got to work on schedules. You've got to meet financial goals, customer expectations. Who in the dawn of everything is out there in this world and customer reviews is what can make or break a business. That is something you've got to think about. You can't just go on holiday for three months and then just be like, oh, the business is closed. 
and then expect it to, you know, pick back up again. I know there's some people that do that, but that is purely kind of a side thing. That's not their bread and butter. They're yeah. one and only. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like if you look, if you, if you, start off for instance making sandwiches like the firehouse subs mm-hmm. guys and you're just doing it for your buddies it, you know there's not as much pressure if if somebody doesn't like it then you know it's just it's you, like, yeah, what, you did whatever. a favor for a buddy he didn't like your sandwich oh well if a customer doesn't like it it's that's a completely different thing yeah. you're, you're selling this to them and if they don't like it then you probably are going to hear about it yeah, so and if you ask a friend to paint a picture for you and if they have a death in the family, they can say, oh, I'm so sorry. It's going to be a couple of weeks later because I had this happen. Mm-hmm. Well, a friend's going to be more understanding than somebody you don't even know that is expecting they purchased a product you've put out that the, ex- the expected ship date is this. And if you can't meet that, you might get a nasty review. You might get asked for a refund and you could already be already into, already have money into the project. Mm-hmm. So ask yourself, are you ready for this fundamental change? If this doesn't work out as a business, could you live with the fact of never being able to do this again or never feeling the same about this passion, this hobby? I mean, certainly you could probably still do it uh, unless you, you know, unless some far-fetched thing like you you sold it and you were, you know, you signed a non-compete so you couldn't do it anymore. And that's, that's real technical and whatnot. Um, but you probably, you know, you still could make sandwiches for your buddy. You could still paint paintings for a friend. But could you put it back into the bottle? Would you still love it as just a hobby anymore mm-hmm. if you've been, if you've poured your heart and soul into trying to make it a business moving forward and it doesn't and work it out? it tanks, yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that you've got to think about. The heartache, choosing, are you making this a living? Are you keeping it a hobby? Ultimately, you've got to do a gut check. You've got to really think about this and decide, do I love this? Do I think that I should try and leap forward to have a business? And so if you want to move forward, okay, buckle up. Here we go. We're going to talk about that. Buckle up, (laughs) buttercup. Number one, set a goal. Are you quitting, as Court, you already said, are you quitting your day job? Are you putting all your eggs in one basket and saying, "We're, we're going forward, we're going to do this? Or are you going to put your foot in the water and see? Mm. See if you can make it as a side hustle. Keep your steady paycheck and then try and do this on the side, Mm. knowing that eventually one or the other, you're going to probably have to choose or it's always going to be as a side hustle. Yeah. What kind of savings do you have? Do you have enough that you could live off of your savings for a few months or even uh, a year and then still have money left over for emergencies and not tap into your retirement and stuff like that? Then you you might you might be safe, but if you're looking at your 401k and licking your chops and saying I could take that money and start a business, that may not be the best choice for you. It's certainly a risky choice if you're gonna just quit everything you're doing, cash out your 401k. That would certainly not be something that we would necessarily recommend to anybody. Yeah, I mean the finances are a huge part of that, and that's where one of the things is we have a lot of clients that come to us and have ideas of starting a business. And the first thing that we, that David always tells them is, do you have your goals? Do you have your business plan? And that's what, before you even start talking about the money, you've got to put the time and research into it. You need to set your expectations of what are you wanting out of this? Is it the side job? Have you faced the music of how much are you currently making? Are you going to be able to take that risk? Are you going to be able to make this money? Do your research on is your hobby good enough? Is it, I mean, I don't mean to be mean, but can you make a profit off of it? 
does your mama and daddy just tell you you're good at it or do other people tell you that? Yeah, I'm, I've been told that I'm pretty darn good at watching TV. So. <laughs> so you have to find out, is there a market for it? Who does it appeal to? Who are your potential customers? What is the available market? Who are your competitors? I mean, that's something you've got to consider. A business model. You need to, before you jump in, you need to understand the details. Court, like you were saying, finance. How much is it going to cost for you to do this business? How much is it going to cost for you to make your item if you're making an item? Mm-hmm. How much is it going to cost to sell? Yes, I said cost to sell because... You need distribution. You need packaging. Uh-huh. You need you know shelf space. You need marketing. You need all sorts of stuff. Yeah. How much are your customers willing to pay? And it's the flip side of it. If you're not selling a physical product, like, you know, Kim, you're doing graphic design stuff. That typically isn't usually a physical product, but that's your time. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something you've got to consider because you didn't just one day decide, oh, I want to be a graphic designer. You probably had some school. Yeah. Well, no schooling, just a lot of, (laughs) a lot of practice. Yeah. You know, I haven't thought about like seriously about like making my own graphic design business but sometimes when I like have entertained the thought should I make this like an official business it scares me like if I did that it would take my passion away mm-hmm. like having to manage a team that that's not me having to manage the finances that's not me and I'm, I'm afraid that would just take away the joy well and there's there's so many stair steps in between this because we're gonna get into a little bit of the nitty-gritty of some things that you can do that it's almost like you you start out and you have your hobby and you could solicit that out and work with people and get them to buy your product or buy your services. Or you can then go to the next step that's more of like, again, I'm jumping ahead, a protection and kind of keeping things clean. And then you go into the full business. There's ways. We'll have to talk <laughs> offline, Cam, about your There's graphic ways. design. There's ways. <laughs> There's always a way. But another thing, test your idea. value, Validate your ideas. And so, again, make sure that if you make this great cornhole board set for your brother-in-law and you put it on Facebook and then you start seeing all these people, oh, my gosh, that looks so great. Could you make me some? What is that? Validation. No. Oh, no. I mean, I'm, ju- I'm just I'm, I'm sitting here just thinking of, of all the different things that, you know, you can you can make and do and people love and people start asking you for more. And so you I've had I've, I've, I have had a lot of friends who have who have started in that spot where it's like, oh, I love making these, so I'll make this for a friend. And then you get more and more people to ask you about it. And you, uh, it's that next step. It's that making it into a successful business that's really sort of, you know, if you identify that there is a market, where where is that next, where is that next bounce going to come from? Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of the difference of knowing yourself and really, like we talk about with financial planning, you've got to look at the whole picture and decide what is the best. Because if it's fine just on the side doing some graphic design for somebody or making some cornhole boards or, you know, setting up tents for glamping, you know, whatever it may be, <laughs> that it's you decide what is what are you willing to put into it? Because there is a lot of time. You've got to figure out capital. Mm-hmm. Okay, financial. Here we go. You can't start a true business until you've got money. I mean, if you're making something, you need supplies. If you're designing something on a computer, you need a computer system. If you're uh, if you're going to open a storefront, then you need commercial space, commercial retail space. Mm-hmm. You know, what what exactly is going to go if you listen, if you're if you want to get into the food business, if you want to get into catering or restaurantry, restaurant <laughs> owning 
I mean, those two businesses are notoriously hard to get into. And obviously the building that you would be serving out of is, um, has to be created to a notoriously high standard because of health, uh, health issues. So, you know, having a restaurant is a whole different, a whole different game than having a, a clothing store, you know? Yeah. And I mean, this is super high level because there are so many different outlets. Obviously, if we're talking to Cam about making a business with his graphic design versus talking to someone who's wanting to set up a storefront and actually have, you know, a bunch of employees and stuff, that's completely different. And that's why this is more broad. But, um, you know, something I want court to go in session about is depending on what your business is, it's very important to make sure you're protected and you've got those proper licensing and protection behind you. You want to do that now? Yep, you're in session. I'm just going to go ahead and do it now. (laughs) Okay, I I think I've told everybody this before, but I will run it down for you again. I'll I'll make it even a little bit more uh, 30,000-foot view than it was before. When you're starting a business, you've got three basic not to oversimplify, but three basic considerations from a governmental standpoint. You've got the federal government. They're at an absolute minimum going to want taxes from you, from Uncle your Sam business. Uncle Sam wants his money. Yeah. So you've got that. You've got the state government. That is the level at which you will start, quote unquote, your business legally. You will file with the secretary of state in your state to create a business. Now, you don't necessarily have to take that step. Um, there, because there are different kinds of businesses, and different kinds of businesses require different filings with the Secretary of State. Wait, is this the court term? It depends? Yeah, it really <laughs> does. As always, it depends. Um, so that's the state level. That's where you're deciding what kind of business structure you want. Uh, and so once you've decided what business structure you want, you file with that with the Secretary of State, and boom, voila, you have a you have a business. Now, if you're doing business in multiple states, then you need to let any states that you're doing business in also know, hey, I'm going to be doing business in your state, and they may want their cut of your revenue as well. And if you're selling something, then if you sell it in Arkansas, then Arkansas may want to cut. Of those sales as their sales tax. So that sounds like a lot of money being thrown out. Well, so far, I haven't really cost you anything yet, but you just got to, I mean, it, it costs any state that you have to file paperwork in is going to cost you a filing fee. And those fees can be anywhere from, depending on, again, company structure, it could be anywhere from $25 up to um, $300, $500. It, it just depends. It depends on what Again, what kind of company you're filing for, what state you're in, Mm -hmm. and what exactly you're doing. Um, So that's the state level. And all of the states, you know, we are a a country of united states. And so all of those states have their own function and form of government that wants knowledge of what you're doing in their borders. And so you have to think of that for every state that you're going to do something in. And then finally, on the local level... This is where pe- people that ask me, uh, do I need licenses? Yes, you're probably going to need a municipal license. Generally speaking, I can only speak for the for the, the states in which I have practiced law. But in, in, for instance, the state of Tennessee, Tennessee doesn't require you to get a business license. It doesn't require that, that business license level of licensing. There may be a particular profession that you are in mm-hmm. that requires that you be licensed to practice in that profession. Usually those professions are monitored by a separate board, not necessarily a governmental board. So for instance, to practice law in the state of Tennessee, I have to have a license to practice law, but that's not actually governed by 
the state of Tennessee. It's mm-hmm. it's it's governed by and watched over by the Tennessee Board of Professional Responsibility and the Tennessee Bar. So th- those organizations where we are a self-regulating uh, profession, we have to have a license to practice law, but it's not through the state. Um, engineers have to be licensed. CPAs have to be licensed. There are all sorts of professions that you might do that you have to be licensed, but not necessarily through the state. You've got to, for whatever whatever it is you want to do for a living, you got to look into what it is you're going to do and where it is you need to get licensed on that meta level. Mm-hmm. The, 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 if there is a state level, then what organization it is, is it, what organization is it that actually governs your profession? Because it may be like a medical board or something like that. Still, the state of Tennessee doesn't really get into all of that. You know, they may have laws that that say what you have to do, but they they don't necessarily, they're not just out there issuing licenses left and right. Yeah. Well, and so one of the things I want you to kind of speak on is obviously like if Cam makes a graphic design for somebody and emails it to them, like there's not a lot, not a lot of liability with that. And Mm -hmm. versus when I was making my cupcakes, obviously it was one of those like, it was very much like friends and family that I was really doing that for yeah. because if I was doing it correct, I would have to have a commercial kitchen. I'd have to have the health department. Mm-hmm. I'd have to be covered that, heaven forbid, if someone got food poisoning from my cupcake and sued me. Or even with my Pickler events, when I'm doing an event, I need to protect myself that if someone decides to sue me... So, I mean, in that a form of protection that people need to consider if well, they're sure. doing anything yeah. that someone could come back to you? Yeah. I mean, from the consumer side, your first level of protection is, you know, making sure that the person that you're hiring is licensed. And um, and then the next thing would be, are they insured or mm-hmm. are they bonded? Um, you know, do they have the money to cover themselves if they injure themselves doing whatever work it is they're doing for you? And do they have the, do they have insurance to protect you as a consumer if they hurt you or your property doing whatever it is they're doing for you? So on the business side of that, if you're the business owner, then obviously you want to be insured. You Mm -hmm. want to have liability insurance that covers your business and you want to have, um, you know, you want to be bonded for those professions that require bonding, um, and that basically is just if you're bonded, you you've basically got a company that you've paid is that some. Like James? No, no. It's <laughs> and it's also not like bonds, stocks and bonds. Okay. It's, Explain it's, it to me, Lucy. It's it is a it, it is something where you you basically are paying a company kind of like an insurance company, but you, you're paying them a set amount, and they cover they cover for that set amount that you've paid them. They cover up to that amount of money in, in, in injuries to you or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, Um, something else is very much about keep, keep the money separate. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, okay. So backing up just a little bit, cause I think I went off on a tangent on the, on the local level, that's where you're really looking at needing to get licenses. Mm -hmm. So you'll go to your city, you'll go to your county and you look into getting a license for your business on the local level. And most businesses on a local level, need licenses. Yeah. And um, trust me, they'll find you if yeah. you're created and you yeah. don't have the proper licensing. There are very few exceptions to when you need a license. There are revenue exceptions. There are some businesses that are excluded. For instance, professional businesses like doctors and lawyers don't have to get a business license locally. But, but most hopefully your do. hobby isn't being a doctor yeah. and then well, now that's you make true. that a side hustle. That's true. So exactly. Remember, we're hobbies. <laughs> so so there's that. Um, 
on the local level, you've got your license. So you have your company set up with the state of Tennessee now. You have your local licenses. You need insurance to make sure you've covered your liability. And then... We got to talk about the money and keeping it separate. Yeah. Okay. So once you have all of that, then you go over to the bank and you, you're you going to set up a, a bank account. Because one of the things that you want to do from a, from a bookkeeping standpoint... And also from a liability standpoint, you want to make sure that your personal finances are kept separate from your business finances. So do not co-mingle. Yeah, don't co-mingle those funds. Now, um, that that takes on different levels of importance depending on what kind of company you start. Mm-hmm. So I guess real quick, I'll go down the list again. I've done it before. I'll make it quick. I won't get into the nitty gritty of it, but. There are, there are basically three, th- sorry, there are basically four different types of companies that you could start. You can start a sole proprietorship, which basically just means it's you, you didn't file anything with the state, you're opening up a store and selling bubble gum and soda pop. <laughs> um, and then you take that money and you, you know, you make sure that you're meeting all your business costs and then you get to keep the rest and you're taxed on it by the government, of course. Partnership basically means you're doing the same thing as you would do in a sole proprietorship, except you're doing it with a friend and y'all are partners. Then you need to have an agreement set out between the two of you that says, okay, I get this share. I put this much money into the written business. Written agreement. A written agreement. And then my partner gets this much of the, the money that he put into the business and so on and so forth. Uh, an LLC is a bit more formal structure. And that is when you when you hit LLC, you better be filing something with the state. And then, of course, there is a corporation, and that's the one that sells stocks. And so a unit of ownership in a corporation is a, is a stock share. Mm-hmm. Um, from your perspective as a, a startup business, what you're mostly going to be concerned with at first is protection against liability. If you're doing something that has any sort of danger to it, any sort of element to it that might injure someone or harm property, then you want to make sure that you personally are protected from liability for something happening, an accident happening. And LLCs and corporations will offer you that protection. There are a lot of other things that go into whether you might choose an LLC, a corporation, a sole proprietorship, or a partnership. But let's break it down first and foremost with that protection from liability. If you want protection from liability because you're doing something inherently injurious or possibly in injurious to someone, then you want a corporation or an LLC. If if you don't need that protection, then you might be okay. Just starting up a business, sole proprietorship, and don't worry about it. Get your license from the local government and go on. Whew. Okay. So what I got from that is you need a team. And this is not your cheerleading team saying, you can do this. This business is going to work. It's going to be great. This isn't your team of who's going to be your employees, but this is your team of your attorney, your financial advisor, your accountant. It sounds like it's one of those, when you decide you're going to do a business, even before you pull the trigger, you really need to get the group together and decide, how is this going to work? How do I need to align it? What is going to be the best thing? Is it a good financial decision? Making sure you protect yourself and making sure your accountant is on board so that depending on what structure it is, they are be, they are able to help you with filing your taxes to make sure that Uncle Sam doesn't come after you because you didn't file correctly. So that's, whew, it's a lot. And we're not trying to scare you. We're just trying to give you a lot of information about it. Okay, so say you have made it through all of that. You are moving forward. You know, Cam's going to set up his graphic design. We've got it figured out what he's going to do. Well, 
great. You've put this money into getting your team together and getting everything properly set up. You've got your bank account set up separate. You're ready to go. What do you got to do? You got to market. <laughs> You've done all this work. You need to market yourself. You need to make sure that, hey, I'm here. This is what I'm doing and get your customers. But it doesn't just stop with that. You need to be accountable to yourself and set milestones and find a mentor, really. it's I know locally in Memphis, we have this great program called SCORE. Is that an acronym for anything? No? Uh, not, the, I'm not, not that you know of. of. Okay. But SCORE is a group of um, retired executives and CEOs and all of that locally in Memphis. And they will connect with individuals about helping them like set up businesses, do different various things. And so having that mentor, and it could be that your mentor is your financial advisor or something like that, but really finding that person to kind of hold you accountable and make sure that you don't just get so excited about like the buzz that you go, oh gosh. I mean, it's what there was some episode of his show and I can't think of what it was, but I very much remember it may have been Big Bang Theory that uh, they were making hair clips or something. Yeah, Penny started her Penny. own business where she was Penny gonna... Blossoms. Mm. Yes. And so she was like, oh yeah, let's do it. And then what it was like some ridiculous like they got an order three... for like ten thousand or something. Yeah. And it was like <laughs> And that business died real quick. Yeah. Because she got everybody to help her, but then she forgot to shut the site down. And then she got another order. <laughs> so, I mean, that's it's a funny episode, but go and watch that. Um, and so, okay, yeah, you've got your business going. You've marketed it. You've got your customers. You're doing well. But uh, I had never heard this term until I was researching for this episode. you got to be prepared for startup postpartum. Yeah, I hadn't heard it either. So, please it, do explain <laughs> I mean, it's kind of just how it sounds. It's that it's that excitement, that buzz, the, oh my gosh, it's here. And then it's just like, oh, okay, well, here we go. Like, it started. And it's I can relate that to how I feel. And I know Cam and I agree with this, that when you put all this effort into planning an event mm -hmm. and you get every detail down, and then by the time you get to the event and it's all done, you just sit there and just feel empty because all of your work, I mean, yeah, even if it was great and everyone's telling you how wonderful it was, you just feel empty. It's like, what's my purpose in life now? <laughs> yeah. You just kind of have this, oh, well, okay, I did that. And that's why it's always look forward and set those goals of like, yeah, you did that. Keep on going. You can keep doing this. That's one of the reasons that I I, I struggled with theater when I used to do theater because whenever you would, whenever, you know, there's an obvious period of buildup, getting ready, then you put on the show and when the show is over, it's over and you're done and you move on. And all these relationships that you built with these people, the cast and the director and so forth, you may never see them again. Mm -hmm. It's just over. And it, it kind of leaves you with that same sense of emptiness. Man, I can relate on the film side of that. It's the exact same way. Yeah. You know, it builds up to this premiere. You have these relationships that ends and then it's like, oh, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I threw this little nugget in here on the last kind of part of it. And it's um, very far out. But succession planning. If you have created this great hobby that has turned into a business, you're protected, it's making money, it's doing great. You want to make sure that, is it going to die with you? Yeah. I mean, do you have partners? Are they going to want to buy you out if something were to happen to you? Or are they going to want to sell their share to you? Or, or do they want to turn it into something big that they can sell to some 
major corporation and sell out and live off the the wealth for the rest of their lives? Do you have kids that you want to pass it on to? Trust me, your kids are not always going to automatically be interested in taking over your business. <laughs> Um, but you gotta, you've got to figure out all of that. You've got to know who is interested in carrying this business on, if they're interested in how you're going to finance it, and who is going to have the option to buy, if you're going to have first right of refusal or something like that, where, hey, I get dibs if he dies, but then I don't have to buy it if he dies. I can pass if I want to. That's first right of refusal. Sounds and like This real sounds legal mighty familiar to me, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> So yeah, succession planning is 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 important, and you know it's just one more thing that you got to think about when you're doing a business. Yeah. Have so, you all seen Succession on HBO? Yeah. Oh, so good. I need. I've started it. I I need to watch it. I've lost my HBO login, so I can't watch it. Anymore. Oh no. <laughs> you can have mine. <laughs> so it's. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of risk. It's a lot of challenge. And I did find this quote. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, Are you willing to sell yourself? Because that's part of it. You're putting yourself out there starting a business. Don't fall prey, David Pickler, you're going to love this. Don't fall prey to the field of dreams delusion that sometimes strikes first-time business owners. If you build it, they definitely will not come. Not unless you market it anyways. Powerful. (laughs) If you build it, they may not come. They may not come. But clearly there are so many emotions involved in this. Like you just taking the leap to do it, having that idea. And I know that a lot of times sitting in financial plan meetings or just client meetings, people have these ideas and we don't want to burst people's bubbles, but sometimes we have to do that and be like, I know you're really good at that, but have you thought about X, Y, Z? And I'm someone who's really bad about... I get an idea for something and I'm just so excited about it. And I'm just thinking about the end game. And my mom and my husband are wonderful souls that do this because they're keeping me down to reality, but they'll go, okay, but how are you going to do that? And I'm like, I don't care. I just want to do it. Like, this is going to be awesome. Let's, let's make this crazy grandiose event. I don't want to think about the details, but yeah. which is funny because my tagline for my business is it's It's all all in in the the details. details. (laughs) So I'm kind of, well, Jekyll and Hyde over here, (laughs) y'all. So let's throw some pop culture in here. Let's talk about some movies about starting businesses and about entrepreneurs. Mm. Well, I mean, the first one's on the list. The first one on the list has made it on lists before. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, it's an obvious one. And it's sort of that it's got, it's a beautiful example of something that started off for the character as a hobby and then she turned it into a business. Uh, and that's Baby Boom. And we've talked, it's Diane Keaton. We've talked about it before. She 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 buy, she moves out of the city to get away from the, the big bad city. She buys an, an apple orchard. And um, then just sort of to entertain herself, starts making applesauce. And then starts jarring. I don't know. It was really entertaining herself. It was a necessity. <laughs> well, she's, she starts jarring it up and selling it at a local shop. And then it, it grows into this huge big deal. And oh, yeah. Then the, you know, people, Full circle. yeah, the people that she used to work for was just like a grocery store chain or something came along and, or a food chain. I don't know what it was came along and like offered her money to buy her, her little applesauce business. And uh, she's like, no, if you, if you think you can build it to be that big, then I can build it to be that big too. Suckers. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's such a great movie. Okay, this next one I personally haven't seen, but it's The Flash of Genius, and this is in the um, era of patents and property rules and how that's another thing of if you've got an idea, you you know might need to consider patenting it. If you've invented something that you think is is unique, you need to go speak to a patent attorney. 
And because the patent process is something that you need help getting Mm -hmm. through. And a patent attorney is a very specific type of attorney that can help you with that process. So if, yeah, if you've invented something, yeah, get a patent. Definitely. Well, this next one is uh, (laughs) Cocktail. I've yeah. never seen Cocktail. What? Yeah, I've never seen Cocktail. Tom Cruise. Great movie. I okay, just, he he's an entrepreneur. He decides to open a bar. Ah. Cocktail. Okay, so I guess the other guy that's in the movie with him, and he hires him as like a, an old grizzled bartender that can show him how to dance with bottles or something. Yeah, I think... If I remember correctly from that movie, they both worked together as bartenders at the bar, and then they decided to kind of do it together. But with anything, when you have a partner... Ugh, you mm. got to be careful because things go a little sideways for a while. But it's especially it's a great if movie. Elizabeth Shue gets involved. I mean, <laughs> there's just going to be something. Okay, this movie. I feel like we need like a quarter for every time we say it. Jerry Maguire again. You know, he he decides to write the paper. He's done. He goes off on his own and decides he can do it better by himself. Starts his own agency. Starts yep. his own sports agency, and he does it with one plucky little girl and uh, one client. Yep. <laughs> Um, okay, so next, uh, we mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Facebook, social network. If you haven't seen it, you got you to gotta see it. It's, it's a little bit more interesting than just one determined young man starting his own business because obviously um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg had to, to screw a couple of guys uh, early on in the formation of that business. Screw, <laughs> screw a couple of guys over. <laughs> yeah. Yes, screw a couple of guys over. Okay, this <laughs> next one is Joy, and this was uh, Jayla, Jennifer Lawrence. She's creating the Miracle Mop, and it's kind of a nitty-gritty, I think it's like New York or New Jersey, something like that. Uh, she's got a real thick accent, and she's trying to get this Miracle Mop out there and just the struggles of trying to get someone to take her seriously. I gotta say, I love Jennifer Lawrence, and this movie came out right at the end of a string of big hits for her. Mm-hmm. I think it I think it came out maybe right, maybe right after uh, Silver Linings Playbook. I think it might have just like that had come out and then this movie came out right after or shortly after that. And, you know, she had just had hit after hit after hit. And this came out and I was like, mop saleswoman. I I don't I don't I'm not going to go see this. There's nothing against Jennifer Lawrence. I love Jennifer Lawrence, but I was. So you haven't seen it? No, it is good. good. Is it It really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, Next. Well, okay. I'm going to say the name, but then you're going to have to explain to me how this is about business startup. The Devil Wears Prada. She starts the magazine. (laughs) She, she create, no, that is a startup. Think about Cosmopolitan, People, all of those. Someone decided to start that magazine. And so she has an empire and she's trying to figure out who's going to take over. Mm. I mean, not, I mean, that movie is incredible. I love that. Listen, I've got, the the movie is great, but by the time the main character starts her job at the (laughs) magazine, the magazine has been built into an empire. It's a fetch. It's a far fetch. (laughs) I know. Whatever. Gird your loins. Okay. The founder. Obviously, this is about the McDonald's story. Yeah, yeah. Michael Keaton, uh, another movie that got grand, grand reviews that I did not watch. Another movie where he screws over a couple guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was interesting to watch. It was mm-hmm. very interesting, and it's about um, it's it's kind of one of those. It's a rat race that when you hear about the idea, it's a it's a sweet spot of wanting to market and kind of put your foot out there and see if people are going to be interested. But then also quickly getting the, what am I trying to say? Like being the top person to do this and get it out first. Mm -hmm. So it is that hard of trying to decide what to do. Yeah. Okay. So next, 
along the lines of not necessarily business startup, but business succession, because we did discuss that, is uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The ultimate um, succession planning. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the entire movie is the, the premise of the entire movie is that he brings a bunch of kids into his candy factory to see if he can find one that can take over what the empire that he's built. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's also Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton uh, version of the movie both of them are about both of them are based on the same book which is Charlie and the Chocolate Back Factory but Willy Wonka is the one that everybody remembers Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder so yeah great you know. movie Tommy Boy okay this is one is obviously his dad started his this dad, great yeah. company and Tommy's trying to save it and mm-hmm. so it's again about your succession planning and making sure that you've got the right people in charge and if you build it you know, if you build it, make sure it keeps staying around. <laughs> uh, another movie that we've talked about before, but it's it's sort of a, it's it's kind of an interesting look at in the life cycle of a business is the intern, and that's the one where um, what is it? Robert De Niro yeah. goes to work for Anne, Anne Hathaway because she has a startup yeah. that's really started booming. Yeah, she's got a company that's really really booming, but she's a horrible horrible person, and he sees a lot of stuff that that's not necessarily being done being done the best way that it could. For a successful business, and he comes in and tries to kind of, you know, that help. movie gives you the warm and fuzzies. Yeah, it? it's a good movie. It's well, a- and on that, I'm going to kind of take a little pause. That's part of it. If you think about it, when whenever anybody becomes a celebrity or when somebody has a great startup idea or whatever, you start seeing the vultures that you know, and they may be disguised as your friends or your family, but those are the people that see your success and want to drag on your coattails and ride that ride with you. And sometimes they're not always the best people and they're not steering you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So that's something to be careful of. Or they you... may just be a drain on your resources. They uh, may not be steering you anywhere. They may just be like, hey, give me a job. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's like winning the lottery. It's, yeah. it's best to keep your identity concealed, even <laughs> from a lot of family and friends. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, we live in a state where you can't keep your identity concealed. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> okay, you've got mail. I know this, I think Court was one of your favorites. Obviously. I do like this movie. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> okay, this is, this is more about, again, business shutdown than it is business startup. You have, on the one hand, uh, a highly, hugely, hugely successive, successful um, uh, book chain uh, which is like Fox and F-O-X. yeah, Fox and yep. <laughs> Fox and something Fox and company or Fox. And I can't remember what the name of the business is, but it's a big giant bookstore. That's basically based on Barnes and Noble um, and that bookstore chain. And, you know, they've got coffee and they've got, uh, you know, all of the books that you could possibly ever find. And they are all sold for a bargain. And anywhere they move into a, a neighborhood, they, they put every other bookstore that's in the neighborhood out of business. And they move into a neighborhood where there's a plucky young lady who owns a bookshop that was started by her mom, and her shop is a uh, children's shop. And when Fox moves in, they're very concerned that their business is going to shut down. And spoiler alert, uh, it does. But it's the movie itself just sort of gives you little glimpses of what it might be like to be uh, an owner of a business that's failing mm-hmm. or what it might be like to be a really, really rich businessman who's coming in and s- with his conglomerate and s- starting a huge, huge chain shop somewhere in the, in a neighborhood. But that that's not really what the movie's about. It's really about just the relationship between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan yeah. and their cute couple. So yes. I enjoy it. Okay, the next one's Steve Jobs. I mean, that's just a great movie that shows his story. And hey, Have you seen it? I have. Okay. Is it is it from the beginning of, of Apple? Is okay. It from- there are two Steve Jobs movies I've seen. The Steve, the Ashton Kutcher one and the 
Michael Fassbender, Fassbender one? Yeah. And which one is Steve Jobs? Is that the Fassbender one? Uh, I, I, the Fassbender one is basically like three... It's three long scenes, mm. like presentations of the iPod and the iPhone or something like that. It's, okay. it's interesting. Oh, okay. okay. That's the better of the two. Yeah. Does the Ashton Kutcher one show I think it's the all beginning? the way through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the one I've seen. All right. I have not seen this next one, Chef, um, but it's apparently about putting it all on the line for your passion. Is it's it? good. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's got a killer cast in it. And then the ultimate startup, obviously, would be Ghostbusters. Yes. <laughs> I mean, think about it. it is, seriously, they found their niche and they created a business. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. I mean, dun, 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 dun. They're, they're ready for you. Okie dokie, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like we've kind of in some ways given a little bit of, oh, great. Let's pop your bubble and tell you that you shouldn't do this. I don't know. I don't know that we've really... We'll we'll need to our bullseye is definitely going to need to sum up the the what questions you should be asking yourself just so we're making sure that we hit those home. But yeah, there there's been some there's been some knowledge buried in here in in, in all our conversations. Um, I don't feel like we've been necessarily discouraging, but it may it may if somebody was just thinking they were to go out and start. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's more of one of those we're telling you to put the brakes on. Like if you think about it, then just. Ask somebody, get some help and think these questions. But I did want to throw out some benefits because there have been a lot of benefits out there of, yes, you're, I mean, it's like raising a kid. You are taking this idea, you're growing it, you're creating a business, you're passionate about it, you're turning your true passion into something that you can live on and that hopefully it is around for generations and generations and you're making an impact on the world. I mean, you don't know when you may make the na- the next Spanx or Under Armour or Apple or Amazon. So it's something that there are great benefits. And actually they've shown that if you're doing something that you love, then it's not work. Time flies by pretty fast. You're in a better mood, which when you're in a better mood, then everybody's happier. <laughs> um, if you're doing your passion, you can eliminate stress from your life, yeah. but it could add a lot more stress to it. <laughs> and I liked this one. Um, you're the boss if you're doing your own business. There's no one to chew you out about that report except for yourself. Mm. Now, obviously, if you have a partner, then yes, or if you're running a business and your spouse decides to chew you out, then, you know, there's that. Yeah. (laughs) But it can improve quality of life. It really can. And it can be that great origin story that it started out as in your garage or an idea that you had and it blossomed into something incredible. I mean, it, it all starts with a desire to take what you love and grow it and share it with the world. But it's you're keeping the end in mind, and you gotta hang on and buckle up because it's gonna be a crazy ride. It's gonna have ups and downs, and it's you know, are you ready for the long haul? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a good point. It's a good good point to to, to end it. Let's uh, let's move right into your bullseye, Katie. Okay, so my bullseye is if you decided you've got this great passion, this great hobby that you want to make into a business. Enjoy the excitement, but take a second to breathe. Take a second to align yourself with partners to help you determine, is this the best financial decision and lifestyle decision? Because it is a commitment. You need to make sure it's right for you. You need to go through the steps of setting goals, doing the research, 
figuring out what is going to be best, aligning yourself with that great team, crossing your T's, dotting your I's, and then once you've got it figured out, you got to mark it like hell. Bullseye. Bullseye. Well, my, my bullseye is basically just picking up where you left off. Listen, if you decide, if you you decide you want to do it, you've got a good team. Remember what Katie said earlier, the team is not just about the people that are going to work with you to actually make this business and work for you to make this business. It's also the people that are going to be, that you have lined up that are professional, that can get, help you form the business. And so you've got you've to consider the type of company that you want to form. Uh, you need to consider tax considerations for what type of company you're going to form and how that's going to affect you on the federal level, how it's going to affect you on the state level, and how uh, what kind of licensing you're going to need on the local level and if you need a professional license. Although, again, since we're going mainly with hobbies here, you probably haven't been practicing medicine on the side of the hobby. I hope not. So have a team. Have people that can help you, that know something about the actual organizational part of starting a business and can advise you on how to do that. Have a business plan and don't just go into this head first. You, you know, take take it one step at a time. Take the advice of professionals around you that know what they're talking about. Get a plan together and then go. Court, I think this is like our head in the heart episode. You got to have both of them with this. Oh yeah. Well, there's no question about that. You, you, you definitely have to have a brain. I don't so much care. And a heart. About, I don't care about people with hearts. My heart is black, black like my soul, Katie. Oh, there's the closing bell. Ladies and gentlemen, you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please go to your favorite subscription service. We're on mostly all of them, I think, and sign up to have our voices beamed directly into your ears every single week. That's Thursday at noon. If you like pictures, we got the pictures, baby. We're on Instagram. Our handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And we are also on Twitter for those of you that like words. And our handle there is at Bullcast Podcast. Finally, Katie and I work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you would like to find out more about the team that we work with, our boss, David Pickler, the company, and what we do, please feel free to go to BicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. That is correct. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you everything you need to live your best life. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we're going to go set up Cam's LLC now. Manx? Mm. No, your graphic design, buddy. Uh.